This is a show about getting spooked for fun, and neither one of the hosts are associated with the attractions discussed in any way. Except for those skeletons in Devin's closet. Some topics may go from ghoulish to ghastly, so viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to The Great American Scream. Adam. Hey. Adam. Uh, happy late recording. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask: Have you done any of? Uh, have you done any rituals recently? Um, can you be? Can you be more specific with the question? Um, no. Can you use it in a sentence? Country of origin. <laughs> yeah, the country of origin is here, uh, uh-huh. and the question restated in a slightly different way is: Have you done any? Uh, rituals in like the past week i'm talking skincare i'm talking seance i'm talking meditation i'm talking man in the fields okay 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 again my brooklyn apartment renders me unable to perform man in the fields Uh, for now okay Um, well i mean i would say that your your lack of commitment (laughs) is what's stopping me from doing man in the fields yeah um skincare i try and be consistent as possible um okay seance not recently although i have started reading tarot cards recently and those tarot Ooh. cards have repeatedly told me to go freak myself <laughs> away yeah <laughs> um but yes uh those are probably the extent of the rituals i've been up to why well, have you been up to any interesting rituals recently nah Nah, I don't do rituals. <laughs> do that stuff uh, until today. I don't do that kind of stuff. Because not until not since 1987. Because you remember back back then, I was crazy. Back when the then, bite and that ritual got, oh, I didn't even realize <laughs> I said the number. You said the fun number. All right. Well, hey, welcome to the Great American <laughs> Scream. My name is Devin Wright. Uh, my name is Adam O'Connell, and yes, uh, folks, it's back. Like the McRib it's happening, as told by just, the prophecies, just like the McRib. The McRib is the Ritual Games episode of the McDonald's franchise, which is to say, no matter how many times they tell us this is the last time we're going to do it, it's most likely not. (laughs) They do it again. And everybody gets really excited because, you know, I was like, you know, maybe, you know, again, I think every episode I say we've kind of wrung the Ritual Games towel pretty dry, but Uh uh, they continue to be some of our best performing episodes, especially the very first one. Uh huh. I think the 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 ritual games towel is a sham wow um, ah. or, or a chamois. So even when when you squeeze all the water out, it still feels kind of wet. Okay. Ew. And so it makes you think like there's gotta be more water in there's there. Gotta be something in there, right? More. Maybe you get a drip or two, but then it still feels it. It's not so much. It feels cold and yeah. still a little wet, there's and you know there's there. a bit more in there. Yeah, and also. It would have bothered me if we finished it on four. We got to finish on a nice prime number, a nice multiple of five. Okay. I, you just not a fan of tetralogies. You're more uh, of a, no. a quintology kind of Is person. Is quintology a real word? Probably not. <laughs> but that's fine. Um, and also, we did a really research heavy. Y'all learned last week. You don't have to learn this week. Yeah, I'd like to not learn. Yeah, there will be no could. learning tonight. In fact, okay. what's the opposite of learning? Uh, fascism, I think. 
Okay, not that, not that, not that, not that, not, <laughs> not that, that, not that, cut that, cut that, cut yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, so I figured let's have some fun this evening. Let's do some more ritual games. We love them. Okay. You, at least I love them. You love them. Uh, everybody's gonna have a you great time. He, God she, we. Them. God loves them. Um, I actually, you know, I think this might be the last ritual games episode. As if 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 the okay. horse wasn't already dead. It certainly it's dead again by now. Like when has the dis the the deceased status of a horse ever stopped anybody in the media industry from beating it? I guess yeah, but like how uh, until it's and like that's us. Yeah, we're the big wigs now, baby. <laughs> to uh, reiterate what we've said in all Ritual Games episodes so far. Uh, please don't try these at home or do them at your own risk. If it uh, involves anything stupid, don't do it. Just don't. Just, yeah, yeah, don't even, (laughs) I'm not even leaving the door a little tiny bit open. Like a, like a jar uh, during the Man in the Fields ritual. I'm closing this door tight and it is saying you can't do these rituals. Yeah, use your best judgment. If you know you don't have good no, judgment, stop no, it. Find You're a friend with open better the door judgment. Again. <laughs> You're creaking open the door again. You're sliding a credit card in the between the hinge so you can try to jury rig it open. No, no okay. best judgment. I have the best judgment in the world. I'm a perfect <laughs> being. Don't do these rituals. Okay, great. Um, I think I have four for you today. A light smattering, a sampling platter, if you will. I, I would rather a sampling. I don't like a smattering, especially okay. uh, when what it comes to... What about a smackerel? To, a smackerel of ritual? As if it's maybe a Winnie the Pooh board. with honey. A charcuterie board. <laughs> maybe an amuse-bouche. Yeah, a little amuse-bouche of uh, Which, of course, games. is French for amuse the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I think of a couple of different uh, varying levels of ridiculousness and or scariness. Okay. Um, but we're going to begin by introducing another... Uh, non-copyrighted character into our show's lexicon uh, because those are I, my favorite characters to introduce. <laughs> I bring you the hooded man ritual. Okay, is this a this is another man? It's another man. These there t- there's a lot of men in these games, and like because we've talked about Daruma-san, I think we may yeah. have talked about Kuche Sakayana before. Um, uh, there's like uh, there's some 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 strong women in there, but a lot of men in these games. A lot of men. It's almost as though a lot of us are afraid of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, you really only need two things for this ritual. Uh, oh, one is two black cords, approximately half a meter long. It, oh, in are, we're in uh, the the metric system here. Are we talking? Okay, so that's a foot and a half. First of yeah. all, in American, yeah, eighteen inches. Uh, I need to know what kind are we talking like bungee cords, parachute it, cords, or are it, we talking USB? It just says five- cords. It, the cords is spelled C O R D S, so it is not C H O R D S. We don't need two cords. We don't need a we don't need a black G sharp. Or yeah. A, okay. That's exactly. Good. We um, don't need. Oh, never mind. I'm not okay. going to make that joke. <laughs> we um. Uh, and you need a telephone. A rotary phone works best if you have one. But it says, quote, 
using the ones we have today is fine too. I don't know when this was written, so I don't know what their today is. Yeah. Also, I don't know what to tell you. If you're planning to use that cord to plug that phone into that wall, rotary telephones don't work anymore. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of warnings and precautions. I like when it starts okay. with the warnings. Uh, that's always it, fun. For as me. we've established, you cannot give a warning after the ritual yeah. has been completed. So the first thing is to make sure you do a cleansing ritual before and after you perform a pre-ritual ritual Ugh. and a post-ritual ritual, if you will. I hate when a recipe is like, make sure you do this pie crust before you do this pie. Mm-hmm. And then you have to click through and it opens another new tab. And yeah. suddenly before the cleansing ritual, you have to do the sage growing ritual. And it's got to click through on that. It's too um, much. The author has added, from experience, I can conclude this is a relatively safe ritual, but it comes with its own fine print, so take everything with a grain of salt. Um, oh, that's yeah. good. I don't have to do a whole ring. Yeah, just, just a grain. A grain of salt. Um, if at any point of time you feel threatened and or stalked by an unknown presence, you must not continue the ritual. If you do so, there's a good chance of aggravating and binding yourself to the entity that is attached to you. I'd say the first half of that sentence, if at any point of time you feel threatened and or stalked by an unknown presence, you must not continue, period. Good piece period. of life advice. Yeah. <laughs> Just Let's stop not whatever it is you're doing. Take out the preposition of with the ritual, we don't need it. No yeah, dependent clause here. Whatever it is that you're doing, stop. Uh, also, uh, shut all doors and windows, close the curtains if there are any, and turn off all lights and electronic devices, except for except your phone. Except this phone. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, do not carry salt or any other miscellaneous item of protection with you while you're performing the ritual. So I already put my grain of salt down on the ground to protect Yeah, you already me, took so the grain no of more... salt, so you're fine. Uh, I usually keep about a tablespoon of salt in my pockets, just kind of all the time. <laughs> just in case. Don't tell, don't tell Disney costuming. Right, just uh, in case. Um, but I'll, I already left it out. So here's the procedure. First, be seated in a room or hallway where the telephone is. Make sure you aren't agitated, scared, or nervous. <laughs> that is that is an unchecked box perpetually. Yeah, I'm always at least ritual. one of those things. Um, if I'm not agitated, scared, and or nervous, something is wrong. Yeah, um, all these negative emotions will prevent you from completing the ritual successfully. Uh, once you have, again, unclouded okay. your mind, count to 13. At the last count, dial the following number into your telephone. 204-496-8888. Oh, no, 204-96-888. That's not a full phone number. That's not a full number. It's eight numbers. Yeah, and you need one more in there, uh, buddy. <laughs> I... Uh, no, you need two more. Oh, yeah, you do. Uh, For the record, the 204 Uh, area code is to Manitoba, Canada, so. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to check what this spells. Ooh. Uh, Oh, we're we're escape rooming it, aren't we? Yeah, I'm escape rooming it. Wait, (laughs) uh, there's probably a website for this. Wait, hold on, Um, just look at it on, like, your phone phone. I Uh, tried to, but it gives you three different options. We're we're not. (laughs) Oh, you got to, like, decipher it. Yeah, yeah. Phone number, word, translator. Well, the zero is in any letters. It's it's a symbol. It's either a yeah. exclamation point. Let's see. In the beginning, I think this is not spelling anything. <laughs> well, that's boring. <laughs> okay. Give me this word. No, I want to go the other way. Oh, this sucks. Also, don't touch the handle of the phone while you're dialing the number. It does not specify okay, why, well, but don't do that. 
Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. okay. Wait. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're... What am I doing in this? Uh, you've all so far all you've done is dial the number. Oh, okay. I genuinely thought that was the end of the ritual because no, I was no, no, still looking more, in my other more. tab. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were still deciphering the phone number. Okay, so don't. No, I touch- thought the result of the ritual was whatever happened when <laughs> I picked up the phone. So, uh, after you've dialed the number, tie one of the black cords to the handset tightly so it doesn't come off when you tug it, uh, and lift it from the telephone. Wait, tie one of the black cords to the handset. To the so handset, to the phone handset. Got it. And then lift it from the, so it doesn't come off when you, t- I see. Then lift it from the telephone. Then dial this number, 255-15823. 255-15823, yeah. It's another Again, eight-digit number. Not a full number. Leave the handset there, regardless of whether the phone gets connected or not. Uh, count to 13 again and place the hand. At the handset back. After this is done, say quietly, slowly, and carefully into the receiver. Hello? I need a cab. <laughs> That's what I say when I show up to a party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also are, we're slowly carbon dating this post. Yeah. Because it was while cabs were what you would say rather than Uber. So this yes. ghost doesn't, the hood man doesn't know what Uber is. Yeah. Um, then you take the second black cord and replace it with the first one. Extra tip. If you can burn the first cord immediately, this will make sure your connection to the other world is severed completely and nothing from there will be able to enter our dimension. If you cannot do it right away, make it your first priority to burn it after the ritual is completed. Uh, then open the curtains. If done right, the sky will have a tinge of some color. That's interesting. Uh, okay. (laughs) What, like, any color? Like, does blue count? You simply must be more specific. Yeah. Um, And there will be a black cab parked outside your house. Oh, a black cab. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Exit the house and bring a watch with you. You did not tell me that I needed the watch. A watch, yeah. You should have instructed this at the beginning of the ritual. Uh, And lock all your doors and get in the back seat of this cab. The cab will be empty, so you have no reason to fear anything as of yet. (laughs) Period. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um... Lock the cab door and prepare yourself to fall asleep. I couldn't fall asleep Ugh. in some in in a cab if you like paid me a million dollars. Like, there's no if way you I could fall asleep in a stranger's car. If you stuffed me full of morphine, I assume yeah. this is how you take morphine. I uh, <laughs> and try to knock me out. I will not fall asleep in a cab. <laughs> yeah, in a stranger's car, never. Um, when you wake up. In parentheses, which you definitely will. Thank you for that clarification. Um, Take a look at your watch. If the time is 3.30 a.m., then you have successfully completed the main part of the ritual. If it's still at the correct time, then get out of the car and get back inside your house within two minutes. And then cut to the correct way of ending the ritual after this process is done. But if it does show 3.30 a.m., you've done the ritual right and you will fall asleep again within another half a minute. When you wake up, the cab will be on a highway being driven by a hooded man. This is a lot of sleeping in cars is is this ritual. (laughs) It's a lot of sleeping in cars. Also, I will say that it... (laughs) If somebody knew about this ritual and then got kidnapped... And woke up and was on the highway with the guy. They would be like, "Oh, I, I did just it. completed the ritual. Yeah. <laughs> I've done it. Answer my riddles, hooded now, man." Here are some like, stay quiet. Here are some scenarios of what could happen. If you attempt to speak to the man, you will fall asleep and wake up back at your house. Low stakes. Okay. Just say hello and you fall asleep. You're back at your house. If you attempt to lift the hood, 
you will fall asleep and wake up back at your house. Sort of a Phantom of the Opera removing the mask situation. Okay. If you panic. The hood of the man, not the hood the of, car. The, of the man. Not, it just says lift okay. the hood. So I assume of the man. You could, could pop be that the hood car, yeah. Check the oil. Check that the engine is made of engine. Uh, if you panic or try and get out of the car while it's still in motion, you will die. Also a good piece of life advice. Don't try and get out of a car. If you can avoid it, don't get out of a car while it's moving. Yeah, this statement is true if not in the ritual. If you are just driving or riding in a car that is in motion and you panic or try to get out of it, you will die. Yeah, do not, if you can avoid it, do not try and get out of a moving vehicle. If the cab stops at any point and someone gets in, do not attempt to speak to them or they will stab you to death. Very specific for the rest of this ritual, which is very non-specific. If this ritual, so like this ritual can kind of go on forever, I assume. Uh, There is a a way of ending it and the way of ending it is very funny. Okay, good. That's good. I like to I like to get a little foreshadowing in here. My thing is that how long do I have to sit with this person who I know is just mm, wants to stab me so bad, just really kind of raring to go. Um, So uh, correct way of ending the ritual. I am unsure exactly what you do while you're in the car, but I guess once you're finished. uh, I'm pretty sure this is an Uber carpool. Like the Uber pool thing where you get into an Uber with a different person who also is going near you. Uh This is just describing I've been in some (laughs) some Lyft slash Uber carpools where I was pretty sure if I (laughs) said a word, I would be stabbed. Um, When you want the ritual to end, you must lean forward so you're close to the hood man's ears and whisper slowly and carefully. I have reached my destination. This every <laughs> sentence of this ritual turns it into something completely different. Now this is a sex thing. Now this is a way to ritually find a prostitute. Why do I have to sensually whisper in the hooded man's ears for him to stop the car? Why can't I have the pull string like on the the bus? Like on the bus. Why must I whisper in his ear? This is good because I do that to all my bus drivers. <laughs> From the glass. They have glass covering them, too, and you get right up to that glass. Not when I'm on the bus. <laughs> Not after I'm done with it. Um, after this, you will fall asleep and wake up back at your house. If, however, you wish to continue the ride, you are I guess you're so charmed by the hooded man, you are you welcome really to do like so. Him. Uh, Although many people who have performed this ritual advise against it. Claims that as the ride continues, the sceneries and worlds get more and more absurd and difficult to get out of. Nobody knows what happens when the cab stops, so you can try and find that out if you so desire. And after the ritual is finished, if you're back at your house, go back to the telephone and dial this number, 200082. Six numbers. Great. Six numbers. Uh, lift the handle, place it aside, and speak the following words. Thank you for the ride. I don't think you have to whisper that one. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't whisper or else a van will stab you. Uh, remove the black cord and burn it. Bury the ashes in your backyard or <laughs> This ritual says, bury the ashes in your backyard or wherever <laughs> and sprinkle salt over <laughs> Bury it. the ashes in your backyard or wherever. <laughs> wherever you do the ashes <laughs> of other stuff. Kind of gave up on the spooky ambiance at the end. Here. It's like, yeah. um, do you remember when we were talking about um, uh, then who was phone? And it says, so you are making out with your girl or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. It's, you know how your dad has the place that he dumps all the lawn clippings? Mm-hmm. It's like that, but for ash. Okay. Wherever yeah. you put the ash, just put it over there. Yeah. 
and sprinkle some salt over it or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, do whatever. Some paprika, perhaps. <laughs> um, and that is the Hooded Man ritual. So there's no... The reward... The tr- the, the you always get mad when reward. there's no rewards to the ritual. I want to be able to ask the man some questions and get some answers. What's a fire and what the, <laughs> why does it... What's the word? <laughs> uh... I don't I don't like that ritual. I mean, okay, here's the thing. Yeah. We need to pull back the veil of the podcast a little bit. Okay. As my character on the Great American Scream, <laughs> I hate this ritual. It doesn't uh-huh. make any sense. There's no there's no reward, there's no right. point. But me, Devin, living in the world, the idea of being able to just kind of fall asleep for a long time and wake up and be on like a drive that may be nice and kind of wacky uh-huh. and then fall asleep and go back home. That doesn't sound so yeah, bad, actually. With some sensual whispering in between. Yeah, and we know how I feel about that. I <laughs> This is the ritual that I am most like, yeah. Okay, yes, all right. Okay, sure. Cool. Uh, so let's move on to our next one. This ritual is called This Little Piggy. <laughs> Okay. Uh, All right, we're getting into it. All right, here we go, baby. Here's what you need for this little piggy. A thick blanket, uh, a white candle in parentheses, any color will probably do. A lot of wishy-washiness in these rituals. Probably. We haven't (laughs) tested every color, but we're pretty sure. Uh, A container of salt, an optional, a toy or something sweet. Just to comfort you. Yeah. Um, During the ritual, if you get scared. So you must set up first. You must cover all the windows, turn all of the lights off, turn off any electronic devices, kind of your standard beginning of of ritual, ritual game thing. Yeah. Uh, and you must open all the doors in your house. We've I love this song. <laughs> we've we've done this song and dance before. <laughs> I love it. Play it again. Oh, you are? Great. Uh, if you don't want to open your front door, open a window near it, but it still needs to be covered. This will help invite the spirits in. Okay, I understand. Okay. I like that it gives okay, you an option yes. not to open if, your front door. <laughs> right, because some people get spooked by that. Yeah. Um, I like the idea that I'm living in a place that is near enough to other houses that leaving my front door open may be a bit weird to yeah. me, but not far enough away that I should feel comfortable Uh doing a ritual yeah. <laughs> of any kind. Um, other things to know. Uh, living near a cemetery or area area where people have passed away may increase activity in your home or the chance of right. calling negative spirits. I would say near a cemetery, that's valid. Area where people have passed away, that's everywhere. Everywhere, actually. So, yeah. Um, and if someone has passed away in your home at all, this ritual could agitate or increase any lingering energy there. Again, uh, a moderate possibility. Uh, definitely a possibility. Also, yeah. the thing is, if I had a ghost in my home, I feel like agitating it to uh, increasing its lingering energy kind of gets lets me kind of sc- scoop it out. Like you know? hit it with a broom. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you need to get a stain like wet. Yeah. So that you can actually pull it out of the yeah. carpet. Yeah. It's kind of like that. There you go. Um, OK, here are the instructions. The game should be played okay. by one person between 12 a.m. and 4 a.m. with no other people in the house. Adam, I'm getting kind of old. It's, <laughs> it's becoming hard for me to stay up past 930 <laughs> to play these on games. A good night. Um, 
the person who said uh, who, who said this is obviously my cousin and I didn't listen to this. Go figure. So evidently they played it together. Um, thank you. And they and they, they also probably mean our parents were downstairs. Yeah. Getting wine drunk. Yeah. In, in the basement that my dad finished a month ago and was excited to show off. Um, after setting up, light your candle uh, away from the bed so as to not accidentally knock it over if you need to get up in a hurry to abort the ritual. Very safe. Thank you. <laughs> not a ritual-specific instruction. This yeah. is good for any any candle. Yeah. Uh, lay down on your bed. or The floor works, too. Again, I love the, the wishy-washy yes. multiple yes. instructions this ritual is giving this us. This is so that when you're with your cousin, you can say, do you want to do a ritual? Yeah. And they're like, is it like really specific? And you're like, no. No. It's pretty open. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is where, okay, this is where it starts to get weird. Your feet okay. should also be bare. Okay, we're getting back to a sex thing. Great, <laughs> love to hear it. Uh, pull the blanket over your body, including your head, and leave your feet sticking out. <laughs> okay. Um, repeat. This is the, this is the, I, every ritual has attempted to scare you and be like, hey, this is spooky. You're going to feel spooky when you light these candles in the dark. Putting a blanket over my entire body, including my face, and then sticking my feet out <laughs> under it. Imagining doing that makes me feel unsettled. That's yeah, the I most like unsettled it. and nervous I've been. Um, repeat the following rhyme to invite the spirits. You're inviting the spirits of children into your home to play this little piggy. Great. <laughs> not important. Not important to mention that before. I thought we were bringing a ghost pig into our home, but great. Inviting children spirits. This is a, a ritual for children. You Adults, don't do this. That'd be really, 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 really weird. Um, this is why you have the doors open and you light a candle so the spirits can easily find you. Uh, then you, okay. you must start the ritual by saying, I hear the voices of children close and your footsteps echo near. I invite you to play as it is no longer day and there is nothing for you to fear. After a minute or so, you may feel or hear the spirits enter. You must keep yourself covered. You may now ask five questions, one for each toe, where the answer can either be a That's yes. That's how many toes I have. <laughs> Stop, teacher, 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 teacher. I, I guess you only play five. with one foot. Somehow um, scarier. Uh, where the answer can either be yes or no. It is up to you what you ask as long as yes or no question. The answers okay. you get are supposed to be as honest as children tend to be. So not com completely not out of left all. field. Yeah. <laughs> One wiggle, tug, or touch means yes and two means no. So they are using your toes to answer your questions. Adam, yeah? it has just occurred to me that we did not do the the normal kind of meta narrative that I am doing these rituals as you're saying them. And uh -huh. I have never been more happy that that is the truth <laughs> because the idea of me being in my bedroom under a blanket with just my foot sticking out so that ghost can wiggle ghost them. kids can come in and tug on my toes is the creepiest, weirdest, <laughs> absolutely ickiest thing we have ever brought up yeah. on this podcast. Um, this is important. As you ask your questions, your toes should be tugged from the biggest to the smallest in that order. It is possible for the children. If it's the other way, it's the devil. I mean, kind of, yeah. Uh, it's, Hell yes. <laughs> it's possible for the children to answer your questions using both of your feet. This could happen if you track more than one spirit. If that's the case, keep track of the order in which your toes are tugged. For example, if the big toe on your left foot is tugged first, it should be the second largest tug. Uh, toe tugged on your right and so on and so forth uh, they still must go in order no matter what foot it's on okay still so, a max of five 
Yes, max of five, five toes between ten. Yeah, if you have both your feet out, and there are a bunch of kids trying to get at those toes. <laughs> They're gonna swap between feet. You gotta keep track of them. Yeah. These little buggers. Um, now here are some extra rules and uh, things to know. Okay. Uh, it also says putting this here because everything up to this point is pretty much harmless. You just got some Great. ghost kids tugging on your toes. Uh, do not, under any circumstance, peek out from under the blanket. Uh, whether it's to see if anything's there or if you hear whispering, knocking, or other noises, uh, unless you are aborting the ritual. If so, say the closing further down. There's a closing statement to say at the end. Uh, you don't want to encourage these spirits to stay by acknowledging them more than you need to, child or otherwise. Only ask guess or no questions. Don't talk to any spirits other than asking your questions and saying the invitation and closing rhymes. Uh, don't try this more than once in a night. You want to avoid calling attention to other spirits that may be around. If you try for a few nights in a row without it working, try placing a toy in the room or something sweet to help draw, draw the child spirits in. Uh, don't do this ritual if your house is a history of paranormal events. Uh, do not play this while intoxicated. Uh, do not don't let yourself fall asleep during the ritual. Once you start, finish. And then now we're going to get into the abort the rituals list. I'm already there. <laughs> I don't like this. I uh, this feels to me like a web page that somebody that a kid wrote down the week before their cousin came over online uh -huh. so that the kid could be like, hey, do you want to try this ritual out tonight? There's this whole web article about it. It's got to be real. Ah. But it was a plant. And it was so that the kid could play a funny prank on their cousin and pull on their toes. Uh, this was from creepypasta.gov, uh, but it is very possible that uh, a child ah, so put it Joe there. Biden wrote it. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, now it all it all comes together. <laughs> So, um, uh, abort the ritual if your toes are tugged out of order. This means nothing else is there. This means something else is there, rather. You can't control... But that makes more sense. Yeah, you can't control what entities you invite into your house. Like a Ouija board, you may end up contacting or inviting something that you don't want. Uh... Why would the dark entity still tug on my toes? Why would they not stab me in the abdomen? Um, if at any time during the ritual you hear doors slamming, knocking on walls, or noises outside the room you're performing the ritual in, say the closing rhyme and leave the house. Especially you hear- Don't leave the house. There's a burglar inside <laughs> and he's taking your mom's flat screen TV. Especially- It's only 23 inches. She thought that she just needed that because it stays in the kitchen so she can watch it while she's chopping vegetables. He's taking- and he's leaving your house go get him especially if you hear noises in sets of three uh also if you feel the blanket then yes that's good it's three burglars yeah. you're a child don't fight the burglars this isn't home alone uh if you feel the blanket being being pulled down off of you abort the ritual uh, if your toes are tugged without a question being asked, for example, feeling your toes tugged before asking your first question or having one tug without having asked a question for that toe, uh, you feel a sharp pain like a needle prick on any of your toes. Because that means a kid is stabbing you in the toe with a needle. Yeah. Um, to end the ritual, recite the following rhyme. I am glad we could play as night fades today, but now it is time to go. My questions I asked for that was my task. And now all the answers I know. Uh, regardless, if everything goes well or you abort the ritual, say the closing rhyme to send any spirits away. If you abort the ritual, be sure to blow out the candle and leave the house immediately. Hopefully the negative spirit follows you out. You can return to the home after 4 a.m. When you return, immediately draw salt barriers around each door's threshold. This makes it difficult for the negative spirit to follow you around if it's still there. Leave window open so it has a place to exit your home, like a fly in your That's kitchen. 
Yeah, like a bird. Yeah. <laughs> like a bird that somehow got inside. You always yeah. just leave a window open. That is the this little piggy ritual. Um I hated that. Okay. Um kind of a lot. I uh don't like it. Uh I do appreciate and respect the honestly solid rhymes. Yeah, good poems at the beginning and the good end. Good poems, there. good job. Turn turn them turn those into Mrs. Hoyt for poetry <laughs> class in third grade. She's gonna love them. Uh yes, that was this little piggy. <clears throat> Moving on. We got two more. Got two more for you. A sampling. The rest of the amuse bouche. Oh, you lovely. I'll take the second course, please. And actually, this is very appropriate for it being a second course because this ritual is called a ritual for dinner. This is the dinner course. That those two are a appetizers. Ritual for dinner. A ritual for dinner sounds like this is my pitch. Yeah. The I would say second or third in a series of young adult novels based around if monsters and witches and warlocks and vampires and stuff all went to high school together. Okay. And you invite your witch. You're a zombie. Your main character is a zombie. He invites a girl who's a witch over uh, to meet his parents and she does a ritual and the the and it's very embarrassing for her to do a ritual in front of my zombie parents <laughs> and it's the front of it is kind of a goosebumps-esque trademark 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 uh, cover and it says a ritual for dinner <laughs> trademark trademark copyright copyright trademark trademark, trademark trademark uh okay so warning this ritual should only be attempted by those of whom have a reasonable level of culinary expertise and experience hosting company. The uh, minutia of the instructions are incredibly important. When I say a tablespoon, I mean a tablespoon. It cannot be a heaping tablespoon yeah. or the ritual will not work. And by ritual, I mean the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> they will not turn out well. As with any dinner party, uh, a good host invites their guests to share their home. All the same principles of hospitality are similar to appropriate hosting standards, with one caveat. When you host this party, your home belongs to the guests. It is not your own. That being said, it's very important that no one enters your home once the ritual has begun, as it could catastrophically alter the host dynamic of this ritual. Adam, are you about to... Uh... Are you about to explain to me the rules of the Whose Line Is It Anyway sketch uh, dinner party? <laughs> I, I feel like this little. is an elaborate prank. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's about this ritual. For the purpose of this ritual, the term ritualist and host are interchangeable. Uh, this ritual was conceived. <laughs> For the remainder of this contract, the undersigned yeah. <laughs> will be referred to as the rich, the host. <laughs> um, the ritual was conceived by 14th century master chef Guillaume Tyrell. Um, I didn't re even realize we had master chefs all the way back in the 1300s. Guillaume? Guillaume? Is he real? Guillaume Tyrell? That's what I'm checking. Doesn't sound like it. Sounds like a if Game of Thrones had had a France in it. Yeah. He was a real Third, chef. 14th century, known as tie event, uh, French for wind cutter. Whack. He was an important figure in the early history of French cuisine. Whack. What the hell? This is amazing. This one's real. This one's real. This one's real. Okay. This one's real. The original details are not entirely clear, but rumors exist that the formula was not entirely of his own creation, but his was the first that resulted in some measure of success. Since inception, the ritual has been attempted throughout history, often with terrible results. Most notably, the Feast of Fools in 1430, which led to the attempted dissolving of the holiday by the Council of uh, Basel the following year. 
What? <laughs> he um, had two wives. Whack. Guillaume Terrell had two wives. At the same time? Yeah. Oh. I think so. Um, the guests are not typical beings and must be treated with a heightened sense of respect. Uh, and there are two major facets that compose this ritual. Culinary and hospitality slash etiquette. I love this. This is starting to feel like an employee manual. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, it appears as though none of these are restricted by time or cultural influences and may be subjective to the ritualist. So, That's again, good. very free and open. So the goal. I like that a lot. Right? Like, if a if a, if a a Japanese person were to do this ritual, them saying, like, itadakimasu, like, <laughs> before yeah. they eat, is that's okay yeah guillaume was like yeah no that's that's chill food is about cuisine and cultural exchange yeah so the goal if every guest is satisfied and leaves their own volition content you may ask a favor known as the last question from one guest as with many faustian bargains you may ask for wealth power or any other typical worldly desire but you must direct the question to the appropriate individual and the request must be very specific you will learn which guest is appropriate for which type of favor throughout the night as you learn more about them as any good host would the guests are also known to be very fickle so a great deal of importance is stressed on being clear and humble adam yeah this creepypasta author uh-huh has created what i think is one of the most novel unique and compelling premises for a video game i've ever right? heard isn't it cool you go to a ghost dinner party where you're the only mortal and your task for the night is to find out all their unfinished business learn about them cook for them be polite and follow all the rules and then at the end of the night you get to find out which one was secretly god or whatever like that's so cool yeah so uh the magnitude of your request must parallel the perceived success of your dinner party for example if you know you barely managed to survive requesting a loved one to be returned from death would be offensive uh, that makes sense. If you burned the quiche yeah. and the champagne flutes kept breaking on everyone, you're not going to be able to bring Jenny back to life. Yeah. Uh, it's important to study these rules and stipulations as once the meal has been served, the guests will arrive and it'll be very rude as a host to direct your attention away from your guests by checking the guidelines. So memorize these rules before you start cooking. Yeah. You don't want to pull out your guidebook while yeah. a guest is right in front of you. So the, here's the formula. Five dishes must be prepared, all in single servings, and served in separate spots around two tables. Uh, these are small. Dis there are small discretionary choices available to the ritualist, but they must follow the guidelines strictly. One dish will be this served. This is an employee handbook. <laughs> one dish will be served for each of the four guests, and one final dish for the ritualist. Uh, so you get to oh, eat good. too. Yeah. Um, okay. So dish one. There's a discrepancy between which choice works more efficiently, but both are known to serve true to function. Option one, a dish cooked from anything that has been killed by the ritualist, but must be something the ritualist themselves would eat. Uh, so anything you may have hunted yourself. Or okay. option two, a plethora of clean, raw vegetables that are uh, endemic to the, re to the region, preferably harvested by the ritualists. If you're a vegetarian, don't worry. You can still do the cool yeah. French cuisine ritual. You just have to pick your own veggies, and they need to be native to the region. Yeah. Um, and they must be, it must be a plethora, a selection. It must be a cornucopia. Yeah. Um, dish two, the finest cut of meat that the ritualist is able to afford. 
not that money can buy, that you are able I to afford. I love this ritual. This is a working class ritual. Uh, bovine tenderloin, beef tenderloin is known to work well. Uh, in, huh. in the account that the ritualist is a hunter, it's better to use a prized game of their own victory. The meat must not be fish, but it may be poultry, beef, pork, or game. This is the coolest ritual I have ever heard. Right. Uh, the dish should be served with potatoes or rice and bread. Gravy and or sauces are not mandatory, but are rumored to be appreciated. Ah, citation needed. Yes, yeah, citation know? needed. Um, dish three. Perhaps the easiest dish to accommodate. Dish three must not be cooked by the ritualist. It must be cheaply obtained in a large Quantity, lower in quality, and very calorically dense. Uh, dense. McDonald's. Yeah. Modern options have proven to be easily acceptable. McDonald's or such other fast food yes. appears to be an excellent choice. So go get- This is the coolest go, ritual I've ever heard of. Go get a 50-pack of wings from Buffalo Wild Wings, and they'll be thrilled. Um, this is great. Dish four. Similar to dish one, there are two main options uh, available for your fourth guest. Uh, option one, anything that may cause severe bodily harm or death to the ritualist if consumed, but must be organic in nature. If the ritualist has any severe allergies, those may prove to be an excellent choice. Otherwise, the flesh of a poisonous creature, such as frogs or the pufferfish, copious amounts of poisonous produce, typically fungus, serve well. The amount must be sufficient to kill the ritualist. So if you're very allergic to peanuts, just a smattering of peanut butter on a plate will do. Wait. Um, I have a, wait. That's only um, option one. There's an option two. If you eat 400 bananas, you'll die from the potassium poisoning. There you go. Give them 400 bananas. <laughs> option two. This option is in direct contrast to the previous choice. It must be milk as fresh as possible <laughs> for no longer than one and a half hour. From the source, human milk is acceptable. <laughs> Milk Gross. directly Option from the cow's two teeth is milk, but it has it to be fresh. Be you can't just get a gallon; it has to be fresh milk. It cannot be older than uh, an hour and a half old. I love this ritual. Yeah. If you cannot do option one, the second option is milk. Uh, unless, the second option is milk. Unless you are severely lactose intolerant, in which case milk fulfills both of these options. Right. If you have milk that's an hour and a half old, hope that you yeah. are lactose intolerant. Uh, dish number five. The dish must be something that the ritualist very much enjoys, yet has infrequently. Think of responses you'd have if someone asked uh, you your favorite food. Uh, this dish must be a pro- So I instantly forget every food I've ever, ever had and yeah. go with something like salmon, I yeah. guess. Uh, this dish must be appropriately enjoyed by the ritualist. Uh, it is recommended that it be a dish that the ritualist themselves has made on many occasions and thus has very little likelihood of poor results. Uh, Taquitos. In, in one account, a, a host who had their own dish catered, not to their satisfaction, died of asphyxiation shortly after the meal was finished. Uh, so this is the one you eat yourself. It's not like courses. It's like for each guest. So since you're guest right. number five, this is your dish. I like this a lot. Yeah. I get to have taquitos. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it hasn't frequently. Well, I guess you don't have taquitos frequently, so. Uh, no, I do have taquitos okay. pretty much all the time. <laughs> That's fair. Um, and all of these dishes must follow 
the good host rule. All these meals, aside from dish four, option one, the poison one, must be made in a fashion that the ritualists themselves would eat. If the ritualist is a vegetarian or vegan, any meat or dairy must be served in a way that appears to be the most palatable or alluring to them. So you might still have to cook or serve it, but it must be somehow palatable to you. So... If you're some kind of a freak who, when preparing food for other people, you're like, I'm going to make this nasty. I yeah. never eat this. Then this ritual is not for you. Yeah. Um, now, that's just one component. The other component of this ritual is the hospitality uh, component of it. It's not enough just to cook nice. You got to be at nice. The co- here at this company, <laughs> we we have two rules. Yeah. They are the good host rule and the hospitality formula. Yeah, so... Sharks, uh, <laughs> I'm here today for a million dollar loan for 5% equity in my company. <laughs> my company uh, for catering ghost dinners. Um, <laughs> hospitality formula. Two tables must be used in the performance of this ritual. One large table with ample room for four guests to eat and have place settings, drinking glasses, etc. This table should ideally be square or round so the guests are able to see each other and the host without turning their bodies. This is known as the line of sight rule. Uh, if any other shape of table is used, I don't know what other shapes of table you may have. <laughs> um, uh, Octagon. Yeah. Triangle. Uh, no one guest must be at the head or foot of the table. If a guest is at the head, another must be at the foot, uh, keeping in mind the line of sight rule. Um the second table must be smaller, a smaller personal personal size table. It may be large enough to accommodate multiple guests, but must be smaller than the guest table and only host one place setting. The two tables must never touch. This will be the ritualist table. So your guests will sit at one table and you will sit at another. Uh, this separation okay, is important. So this is your kid's table. Yeah. And you guys sit here and you have that a little plastic uh, cutlery. Yeah. Uh, this separation is important. You may think of this as distinction as though you are a servant permitted to dine with your masters uh Oof. A, yeah strike one cool ritual yeah a <laughs> typical formal layout of a one course meal appropriate to the ritualist culture must be set up including but not exclusively fork and knife water glass wine glass uh, wine glass placemat uh candles sir uh servets napkins water carafe and wine carafe uh in the event that a guest should run out of water or wine, it's appropriate for the host to fill their glass, although not mandatory, as the guests may pour for themselves. The crafts. If I must... was a guest, I would only pour for myself. Yeah. The host would like get up and I'd be like, no, 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 no if you're sober, you force these ghosts to drink O'Doul's. Yeah. Once the guests arrive, the ritualist has become the host and must follow certain hospitality guidelines regardless of culture. One, never touch a guest without their permission. Never has permission been given so far as anyone knows. Uh, two, never touch the belongings of a guest. This includes their place setting and meal once served. Their cup must not be touched if being filled by the host. Uh, never directly address a single guest. Questions or conversations must organically find themselves directed at a guest if they were talking uh, and you inquire about the subject. Uh, there is one exception to this rule, and that is the final question. Uh, never hey. never address a guest by name or provide any sort of nickname. Even if you think you know their name, you don't. They are both non-dimensional and connected in some way to all systems of theology. If you... If you knew me in high school, no, you didn't. 
<laughs> never you let you know my ghost name. No, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, never let the crafts run dry. Never let a candle burn down entirely. Above all else, never reveal your name to your guests. Such a, a title, such as chef, doctor, political, or military position, may be provided if it comes up organically. This includes nicknames and initials. Uh, the final question must be directed at the appropriate guest. Uh, the host must try their best to enjoy themselves. This may be the most difficult part of the rule to adhere to as the ritual can be very tense and stressful, but consider is any dinner party truly worth attending? If the host is in shambles, this is an employee handbook (laughs) for a hostess position, uh, consequences. The extent of consequences for failed dinners or broken rules are not fully known. In fact, there is potential to improve or change the ritual itself, although deviation is strongly advised against. Such consequences have been noted. A host or ritualist who fails to enjoy their own dish may asphyxiate or die of toxic shock syndrome. Um, I don't... Is that what you think it is? Yeah, I was going to say, I really only thought you could get that from Tampons. Um, you can, if you are, I guess not only capable of getting toxic shock syndrome, yeah. you will die of it. Uh, a host who fails to provide the appropriate or satisfactory meals to their guests may suffer a particularly gruesome end, or in one known case, lack thereof, that are specific to the infringed upon host. Uh, a host who fails to accommodate any particular hospitality rule may find themselves living an undesirable or so-called cursed life. Wait, what does that mean? In one known case, lack thereof, like the person didn't die and that was a punishment? Like, whatever happened to them, it was gruesome, but it didn't kill them. It's sort of a I have no mouth and I must scream situation. Okay, okay. That's what I figure. Um, this is like good. It's good, right? Writing. <laughs> um, and here are a couple noble cases of success, notable cases of success. Guillaume, uh, Guillaume Tyrell, a pont on. On, on Demer, or whatever his full name is, in 1325, sure. unknown desire, probably culinary prowess. Uh, a Russian peasant and self-proclaimed mystic in St. Petersburg in 1915, desire is believed to be lasting fame or infamy. Uh, it, it was Lenin. <laughs> <laughs> an abstract American artist, New York, 1959, desired simply to have a dinner party. Me. Yeah, that was that nice. Was me I like past that life. I was the one who did it. Um, Notable cases of failure. This list is difficult to properly determine as much of the information uh, based on failed rituals appears to be a little more than rumors, often attributed to sacrilege, worship of demons, uh, such as and as such cases as the dissolution of the Knights Templar, uh, insanity, or the works of political tyranny, such as the Great Leap Forward. Uh, it's That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> It's rare that survivors exist or even capable or willing to discuss the events of uh, or their failures. It's also important to note that without understanding what the what it is the ritualist requested in the final question, it's impossible to know whether or not the ritual was a success. Uh, despite Guillaume Tyrell being the first truly understood case of this ritual, the earliest known historical account is also one uh, of the only cases with any real substantiation of disaster. The failure of this ritual is thought to be the cause of the eruption of Mount Vesuvius in 79 AD. Adam, I think this is the best ritual. Yeah, that's the end. That's that's the whole thing. I think this is the best one we've ever talked about on the show. Hall of Fame of all internet short stories, because that is what this is. Yeah. That's so cool and like... That's just so neat. And, I like this a lot. An incredible 
concept for a video game. You're totally right. Yeah, very much in the in the line of uh, Return of the Obra Dinn or or those kinds of yeah. Or what's uh, that new one like that uh, ins- inscription the one with the cards? Inscription, very inscription. It it feels like the only there is a very clear pitfall to me of this kind of storytelling, and it is when you say that works of political tyranny, like the Great Leap Forward were resultant of it, which is that it can often turn into a, actually, these people who were able to do this incredibly notable thing or had something terrible happen to them, usually usually ancient cultures that are not thought of as Western, uh, those things were actually because of this magic ritual. Yeah, like that. that's messed up, yeah. But... The fact that it dodged it for all except the Great Leap Forward. What a pull. Yeah, it did uh, pretty good with the rest of it. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't feel too bad for Guillaume Terrell yeah. being, like, dissed by saying that he wished for culinary prowess. I think he's okay. Yeah, nor do I uh, feel bad making jokes about the eruption of Mount Vesuvius, which did happen in what the year 79. All improv comedy or drama can now be done because the best button to any scene or story that has ever been told is the failure of this ritual is thought the failure of this cooking ritual, this Nintendo game ghost cooking, cooking mama caused the eruption of Mount Vesuvius in ancient Rome. That's incredible. Yeah. And I, that's, I'm not even like those three rituals took such a long time. I'm not even going to do the last one. And honestly, it's not as good as the dinner party ritual anyway. So what's the point? Oh my God. Congratulations. And the Oscar goes to dinner party ritual. And the the Oscar goes to that is I want to do this ritual. I think we should. This this ritual, if it were to work, would be delightful. If if you want to see me and Devin do this ritual, smash that like button. Subscribe. We have to like hire people to play ghosts and do like a whole. This would be a good Uh. YouTube short film. It would also be a really good dinner uh, theater Ooh. thing. Like you go in and you, yeah. it would have to be changed to not be one person or else it would be four yeah. actors getting paid to interact with one uh, audience member. But anyway, I, I'm obsessed with this. Me you too. need to find the writer of this so I can collab with them. Yeah. Excellent job, creepypasta dot. Ugh. I guess you guys are okay over there now. Yeah. You can continue to exist. Wow. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and thank you, listener, for listening to this episode 80 some 84. 84. Uh, put the ashes over there or whatever. <laughs> uh, 84 of the Great American Scream. If you enjoyed, please leave a rate and review on Spotify or iTunes. And be sure to tell a friend about the show. Adam, can you put our social medias, please? Uh, yes, I can. You can check us out on Facebook at The Great American Scream or on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Great Scream Pod. Uh, please tell, uh, again, you can always send us your favorite ritual games, but also tell us uh, what you would ask the nice dinner party people for. Um, you can tweet at us or post using the hashtag TGAS. And as always, if there is something you would like to hear about on the show, um, t- make a tweet, make a post, tweet it at us because your suggestion may become the topic for a future episode. Yes, special thank you goes out to Michael Segudo, who does the intro disclaimer, as well as Stevie Viola, who does the intro and outro music. You can find him on YouTube and on Twitter. But a super special thank you to all of our Patreons, 
at patreon.com slash greatscreenpod on the tier of men in the fields or higher. So thank you to Regina, Ben, Gail, Joyce, Melinda, and Chris. I've been Devin Wright. I've been Adam O'Connell. And hopefully you have been spooked, but not too spooked, to invite four four little ghosts over so you can be the ghost host with the most. I make a Faustian exchange for some kind of worldly uh, worldly desire. <laughs> a Faustian exchange <laughs> over my salad and taquitos. <laughs> <laughs>